My name is Ryan Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by My Hockey Resource and Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Nick Tropper, coach at the Ontario Hockey Academy. While currently positioned as a coach, Nick has spent time in multiple organizations with roles in scouting, video, and more, presenting a unique background with stops at top junior leagues in both Canada and the U.S., he has a lot of knowledge and great advice which listeners will take advantage of today. With that, here's Nick Tropper, coach at the Ontario Hockey Academy. Today we're joined by Nick Tropper, coach at Ontario Hockey Academy. Nick, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, I'm excited to uh, have you finally join the podcast. Uh, you're one of the guests that I've thought about bringing on for a while here and things kind of get pushed off, but we finally got you on and uh, maybe we can learn a bit about your process and hopefully uh, listeners will be intrigued to uh, listen as well. So how about you just start off by uh, talking a little bit about yourself, including where you're from, and then talk about your involvement in youth sports. Sure. So I'm from Cornwall, Ontario. Um, grew up here, played played minor hockey here. And, um, you know, once once my, my career was was done as a player I never you know as a player I wasn't overly gifted or anything like that so I, I didn't really go too far with it but um, you know I just I work locally I, I went to college here in Cornwall took police foundations that was my goal is just to to get on the police force um, hopefully closer to home and um, you know kind of have a career that way and um, you know went, went through the college uh, process there got my diploma um, started applying for jobs and um, you know, I was, I was working in, in some decent positions, but nothing I really enjoyed. You know, I, I eventually, I ended up working for, for service Canada and, you know, they, they were good employers, but I just, I was looking at it. I was there, you know, count down the years so I could collect the pension. I was in year, uh, year two of 30 thinking, when is this going to be over? So I figured had to, had to make a change there. So, you know, at that point I was, uh, I was 23 years old, um, thinking, how am I going to make a change? And, um, you know, going to go back, get my university degree. Um, and, and part of that thought process was if I was leaving a job that was, you know, let, let's face it, it was a good job. It was a, it was a good paying job. And, um, you know, I had a certain comfort level. If I was going to leave that, um, I had to leave it for something I didn't enjoy. I didn't want to go through that process and, and just end up in another career where, you know, I really wasn't happy and just, just running down the clock to, to collect the pension down the road. So, sport management just kind of jumped out at me always been a, a huge hockey fan a huge sport fan and I I really had no I I really didn't have a good understanding of what the program was going to be all about but the, there was the word sport in the title and I said like let's just let's just get into it and um, I'll try to to use it to to reach whatever platform I can so I think I actually at the time the idea was I wanted to be to be a player's agent um you know, and, and I changed my mind pretty quick on that one, but um, it was good. I, I got there and, you know, I had a great time at Brock, but use that to kind of springboard, uh, springboard a career into hockey. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about that the rest of the way here, but that's, uh, that's kind of how I got to be where I got, where, uh, where I am now, you know, yeah. got to Brock. And from there, from there, the, 
opportunities just just came up and I tried to make the most out of them. Yeah, I think it's always important uh, when looking at a career to make sure you're doing something that you thoroughly enjoy. You know, money isn't everything. And, uh, you know, at the highest level of hockey, you can definitely merge the money with the with the sport, which is always great for those in those positions. But, uh, you know, early on, you really have to think about uh, what you truly want to do and what you're willing to put in in terms of work. So uh, for you, you made that decision and went to Brock and, uh, you know, were you able to use that as a springboard later on. But maybe just talk about the Brock program and the sport management program as many have on the podcast and me and my, uh, you know, myself included, but uh, just talk about what you learned during your time at Brock and, you know, your overall experience uh, at, at that school. Well, I have to tell you, I, I learned, obviously we learned a lot about, you know, the different aspects of the sport industry. Um, you know, I got to learn a lot about the, the government nonprofit, side of it the organizational structure things of that nature and, and and a lot more than what i was expecting to get into i thought it was going to be a lot more of a of a business program um with just you know a minor minor appeal to sport kind of thing so that was interesting just to get to know you know there, there's so many different careers that i didn't really know existed within uh within sport management so that that was interesting to learn about but i, I gotta tell you what i always tell people what i learned in university more than anything related to sport management was um it, it was just some how would i put that like time management skills how to meet deadline how to be organized um you know through after my first year i was um you know i joined iss hockey and i was i was getting out to three four hundred games a year and you know that was always in the evenings and weekends so i i kind of take pride in saying like i i got my four-year degree at Brock and I never did any work or studying in the evenings or, or weekends. So I'm pretty lucky in that sense, but I just treated it like a nine to five job. That was my background. So I, I would get to Brock, you know, early in the morning and get to the library, kind of duck out when I had a class, I'd go to class, go back to the library and get, get all my work done during the day. That way it would free me up for, um, you know, for scouting and, and things like that during the evenings. So um, I, I think more than anything, what I learned at Brock over that four year was just was just how to be how to be accountable, how to be responsible, how to, you know, balance so many things on the go at once. And, you know, like I said, handle handle different assignments from different classes, you know, find time to, to fill my scouting reports, you know, somewhere in between that and still still graduate with a high average and, um, you know, make, make sure things are handed in on time and um, I'm still, still meeting all my requirements. So I'd say that was the, the biggest thing. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a really good, uh, really good learning curve there. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, in a lot of university programs, that's the case. You just have to really learn how to be a student and, and be accountable in everything you do. And just because it's maybe not something you envision yourself, uh, working on for the rest of your life, you know, some people will say about the sport finances and the nonprofit courses, uh, maybe don't fall in line with their vision to work in pro sports, but uh, you still have to be willing to put in, you know, that adequate amount of effort into those projects. And, and that way you kind of uh, apply that effort in, in everyday life. But the key thing that you did was look for experiences outside the classroom. And I think a lot of people that go to Brock, uh, you know, with the association with people like Kyle Dubas, et cetera, uh, you think you're going there to learn how to be a, a hockey mind or someone to work in hockey operations, but it's really not the case. There is a lot of things that you learn that are transferable, but uh, you have to be just as active outside the classroom as you are inside the classroom. And for you, ISS uh, was that program that really gave you that experience outside of it. So 
uh, just talk about ISS and, and how that opportunity came to be. And then, uh, you know, touch on your overall experience as both a mentorship scout and then later moving into an amateur scouting role. Sure. So it's funny you mentioned uh, you mentioned Cal Dubas there. Um, you know, he said something. He came down for Alumni Day the first year I was at Brock, and um, he said something that really resonated with me and, and just kind of stuck with me even to this day. And you know, he he kind of the the way he positioned it. He said, if you're looking for for a hockey team to hire you, this was specific to scouting. You know, you're asking them to make an investment in you, whether it's you know a, a salary that they'd be paying you, but also also expenses and, you know, hotels, meals, travel, things like that. If you're asking a team to, to invest money in you, um, one of the things they look for is they, they need to see that you're willing to invest in yourself. If you take it seriously enough to, you know, invest your own time and resources into, you know, becoming good at what you do, really mastering your craft. So um, that always stuck with me. And that's when, you know, I came across the, the ISS mentorship program. And, you know, I, I looked at it as a good opportunity to, you know, to dip my toe in the water in, uh, in the scouting world and just kind of get a new experience and just kind of get a foot in the door a little bit. And, um, you know, there, there was an investment there of, of my time of my, you know, gas money, time on the road, things like that. But at the same time, it's a program where, you know, what you put into it is what you'll get out of it. So I tried to, I tried to get out there as much as possible. And, and the idea was that it would be a springboard for, um, for the next step. Right. So, um, it allowed me to get to tournaments that otherwise I might not have attended or known about. Um, it, it allowed me to to fill out reports that were read by, you know, important people within uh, the hockey community that otherwise would have never known my name. Um, and that's that's based on, you know, me getting out to those games. That's based on me doing the work and putting the work in. So it's one of those things like I've seen it, you know, and that's not to. I'm not trying to, to boast about it because I've seen other people enroll in that program and do really, really well. Um, but at the same time, I've seen people get into that program, not realizing that, that they would have to put the work on their own and expecting, you know, ISS to kind of take them by the hand a little bit. And they realize that's not the way it is. You know, you have to, if you want to get on with a team, you have to show that you're willing to, to put in the work and, and get out to those games, even though, you know, you might have better things to do on a Friday night or on a Saturday night than to, to be sitting in a cold minor midget rink and uh, watching a very average hockey game. But, you know, it's part of the job. And if if you're willing to do that on your own, really with no with no real incentive other than, you know, I want to get better at what I do. I want to get my name out there. I want to build my network. Um, then then that's more appealing to teams because then they can feel a little more comfortable when they bring you on and knowing that you're willing to, to do that work and you'll have, um, you know, you'll, you'll really give it your all um, once you get there. So the program was great with ISS. Um, you know, the, one of the biggest things was we got to use RankNet. Um, it's a scouting program used by, um, you know, by all the teams I've ever worked with, you know, it's all OHL or all CHL teams, um, all teams in the USHL and CAA. Um, NHL teams, all NHL teams are using that, that same platform. So it's a, it's a great software. It gives you, you know, all, all your schedule, your rosters, your um, player information and contact info. Um, your, you know, you can enter your scouting reports. You can see if you're working within a staff, you can see, um, you can see other reports put in from your staff. You can highlight priority players, um, you know, for, for 
if, if someone else is going to be covering a game for them to keep an eye on a certain player because you want a second opinion. So it's uh, it's a really great program. And like I said, like I alluded to earlier, I was able to, to write my, my scouting reports in rank that and I would get emails from OHL, you know, head scouts and general managers and, and OHL scouts and, you know, asking me, asking me why I wrote something that I did or, you know, asking for more information as to what I saw in a certain player. So um, in terms of networking, in terms of, of exposure and getting your name out there, it was really a great experience, um, you know, and really worthwhile. So what I, I would absolutely, absolutely recommend to people to, to enroll in that program if, if they know that they're willing to put the work in and get out to those games. Yeah. Uh, actions really do speak louder than words. And, uh, you know, when I always tell people as well, like get into the rinks, like nothing is better than education. You learn on the glass, talking with people and, uh, you know, watching the games themselves because other people are going to see that you're putting in the work and that's how those relationships are built and, and things like that. And with RinkNet, I mean, for to have access to that tool without being on a team is, uh, you know, those opportunities aren't everywhere. It, it's not very easy to get access to that. So, uh, to have that exposure then to lead in the conversations with GMs and scouts who are seeing your work. Uh, again, another outlet for you to learn. And uh, because you're willing to put in the effort, it translated and you were able to use it to move forward. So in 2017, you would join the London Knights uh, as a video analyst. Without going into too much detail, talk about your role with London and kind of how you uh, moved into that position and then what you learned overall at the OHL level. Yeah, so it's actually a bit of a funny story. It's, um, you know, I must have had someone looking out for me somewhere. But um, it, through through my time at Brock, I got all my credits for my classes. And then the last step, you know, because I had gone to college prior to Brock, um, I had some credits that transferred over. So I did my three years. And then all I needed to do was complete an internship um, to, to get my, my degree. Um, so the idea was after my third year, I was going to do my internship in that summer. Um, and then I, I was actually enrolled in an MBA program starting the following September. So I was going to go through and get my MBA. Um, the plan was always for me to do my, my internship with the PHPA. So I, I talked to um, whoever I needed to speak to over there and, you know, I had it, had it mostly lined up. It wasn't set in stone, but it was, it was, um, you know, pretty, it was looking really promising and that was, that was the plan. And then I don't want to say at the last minute, but, but kind of in the 11th hour, um, you know, that fell through. So I was, I was facing a situation where I needed to graduate, get my internship, my internship done that summer um, so that I could start my MBA in September. Um, and I was scrambling a little bit and I reached out to um, my TA for my first year at Brock, Ryan Starr, who was, um, he was working in communications with the London Knights. Um, so I reached out to him, kind of gave him a quick, quick overview of the situation I said hey if you guys if you guys need somebody um whatever you need me to do I'll do it and so sure enough you know like I said the stars kind of just aligned because a couple days after I sent him that message he had someone he had a, a summer intern um cancel you know and, and and back out so he said hey we just had someone back out he said when can you do an interview I said you know in, in 10 minutes like let's go um, so, so we got that done and we got that, you know, pushed through and, um, I ended up going to spend the summer with the Knights there and did my, uh, my internship with their, with their marketing department. But, 
um, you know, so most of the hockey staff there, they knew me, like I said, because, because of my time with ISS and that seen me at the ranks all over the place. And, you know, they knew, they knew I had a, a good level of commitment to, um, to hockey and to, to scouting. And, um, that's what I wanted to do. So while I, you know, kept a focus on, on the marketing aspect of, uh, you know, my internship over the summer, I was also putting in extra time in the evenings and weekends and coming in early so that I could help out with the, um, with the hockey ops department as well. You know, just, just going through stats and, and doing, you know, various projects for, uh, for Rob Simpson there among other people, the general manager. So um, went through the summer there and I asked them, you know, I, I, I let them know that I wanted to stick around and I wanted to stay on board and, um, sure enough, we talked through the summer and he saw that, you know, my, my work ethic was, was good and up to their standards. And, um, eventually they, they made me an offer to, to stay on for, uh, for the season as a, as a video analyst. So I got to, um, kind of make that, make that jump from, from business ops to hockey ops, which is, which is not necessarily always easy, but thankfully, like I said, thankfully I had been with ISS for, for three years at that point and I had put in the work and, you know, when we talk about investing in yourself, that's, that's what you're, that, that's why you're doing it. So that's somewhere down the road, someone recognizes you and says, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if this guy knows his hockey or not. And I don't know, I don't know if he's good at what he does, but what I do know is I see him everywhere, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I was going for. And, you know, so sure enough, they, they were willing to take a chance and, and bring me on. And, um, you know, I, I didn't necessarily have one specific defined role, but uh, in a way that kind of worked out where I got to dip my toe in, in a lot of different projects. So whether it was, you know, compiling certain stats or looking for certain trends, um, you know, tracking certain game events for, uh, you know, uh, for the team or, you know, I was still getting out and scouting, you know, roughly 400 games throughout the season from, you know, from September through to the, uh, to the gold cup and the OHL cup. So, I was still out there and very involved in, uh, in the draft process. But, uh, the, the main thing I was doing was just, uh, was just cutting video and cutting film for whether it was from, um, you know, the team's prospects or recent draft picks, um, you know, players across the league as, as potential, you know, free agent targets or, or trade targets, or, you know, clipped a lot of, uh, minor midget players in anticipation of the draft. So, the nice thing when you're doing a role like that, you know, clipping video and editing video, it's, it, it's so time consuming and it's so minutious, but at the same time, especially with a bit of scouting experience under my belt, not only are you clipping the video, but you're also seeing the players, right? So all of a sudden it, it kind of gets your foot in the door in those, in those hockey conversations as well. Right. Where, you know, if I, if I clip five games on a player, well, I've seen five games of them. Right. So I, I've got a decent idea. So I I'm able to give an opinion, at least. And, and they were you know, they were good about asking for my opinion on certain players. And what did you see? What didn't you see? What you like? Not like things like that. So it just, you know, it, it allowed me to kind of sit in some conversations that otherwise I wouldn't have. So um, it was a great experience. I got to see, um, you know, just how they operate on a day to day basis. Like I was. Um, you know, I, I was in the, when I wasn't on the road scouting, I was at the office every day and I was, you know, I, I was able to sit in the coach's room on a daily basis, which, um, you know, I, I didn't tell him at the time, but Dale, Dale Hunter has always been an idol of mine. You know, he was one of my favorite players growing up and, um, seeing, seeing what he did with, uh, with the Knights 
from when he took over to uh, to now is just, um, you know, I've got the utmost admiration for him. So for me, you know, I, I just had to, I just had to make sure I, I was acting like I'd been there before and not get carried away, kind of, you know, sitting alongside someone I looked up to like that. But, um, you know, it, it was such a great experience of just getting to sit, sit in those meetings with, you know, Mark Hunter, Dale Hunter, Rob Simpson, and, and Ken Hornick, the head scout there, and um, hearing those discussions, hearing how they operate, and hearing, you know, their, their game plan for helping players develop and everything they do on, on a daily basis. You know, there, there's really – you know, it really taught me what a championship culture look, looks like and um, the, the focus they have on a day to day basis and um, the drive they have. And that all starts with that all starts from the top. You know, they, they, Dale's got such a strong work ethic and uh, Rob Simpson as well. And they, you know, you, you know, they, as a player there, as you know, as an employee there, if uh, if those above you are working that hard, you can't help but, you know, try and try and match and try and keep up with with what they're doing so um it was just great to see like the attention to detail and um the the work that they put in and you can see you can see with with the championship history that they have you know that's not a fluke that's not a couple lucky bounces that's uh that's a commitment to success and you know that always sounded like such a cliche before i got there but having seen it like that's 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 a real thing i mean everybody knows the london knights and the success that they've had and you know, the opportunity to get in there regardless of being hockey operations or business ops, uh, you know, you got into business ops, you put in the work, we're able to uh, be in those conversations, be in those rooms. And sometimes you can learn so much just being a fly on the wall uh, in some of those meetings that otherwise you wouldn't really have the opportunity to be a part of. So uh, for a place like London and, and Dale Hunter and people you admire, it's, it's also a task, like you said, of, of not being like a fan in, in some situations. And the way you put it is, acting like you've been there a million different times. So good on you for taking that opportunity and running with it and, and taking so much from it. And, uh, you know, moving forward, it, it definitely played a, a role in your own development because soon enough you would end up in the USHL as an assistant general manager with the Buccaneers uh, as well as a head scout. So talk about how uh, you moved to the USHL and then uh, talk about your time uh, in that league and in those more prominent roles. Sure. Well, you know, when I got to London, like I said, I, I talk about everyone's work ethic there. And one of the things I, I said, I might not, I might not be able to, you know, see the game as well as, as those guys, because they're, they're absolute legends of what, uh, what they do. So I might know, not know as much as they do, but um, the one thing I can control is, is my work ethic and, and just not being outworked. Um, so that, that was my goal going into that, that position in London. And um, you know, I think, I think people kind of took notice there and people saw the work I put in and um, you know, the, what I was able to provide a team and the impact that I could, that I could bring to an organization. And um, I I was pretty fortunate in that one of the scouts from, uh, from the Knights when I was there uh, got the general manager's position with the Des Moines Buccaneers in the USHL. So he, um, he called me pretty early in, in his tenure there and said, you know, said he wanted me to come with them. And, um, you know, full, full disclosure, I had zero intentions of going with them. I, you know, I, I was in, I was with the London Knights. I was, you know, I, I was on cloud nine, you know, I, I didn't want to leave. And, um, you know, I, I actually, I turned that job down a couple of times and, um, you know, eventually he said, we're having our training camp. Uh, why don't you come down to Des Moines and just see the training camp. And then if, 
you know, if, if you're not interested, we'll move on. So I said, okay. So I get in my car, I drive to, uh, to Des Moines, which first of all, that, that shows my ignorance a little bit. I thought I was going to a, to a small town, you know, in the middle of, of the Midwest and the small farming community, I get there. It's, it's a city of around a million people. Like it's, it's a big city. Um, and it, it's a great city too. There's, you know, from, from the colleges to it's, it's young, it's vibrant. There's a lot going on, good restaurants. Um, there's a lot of money there. It's, it's, it's a really nice city. Um, but sure enough, I get down there and, um, you know, when, when, uh, when Tommy, Tommy Menino was the general manager there and he's, he's done more for me in my career than, than probably anybody else. But, um, you know, when I got down there, he had recently been hired as general manager, but the, the team had also um, just got new ownership kind of led by, uh, by Scott Clements in there. Um, so they were, they were really trying to, to revive that team. And it was a team, I kind of compare them to um, Peter Bropietz a little bit where, you know, they've got, they, they had the most championships within that league. And then for a while they hit a bit of a lull and now they're, they're getting back to, um, to being a top tier, top tier franchise in, in that league. So um, there, there's a really rich history there and we're just uh, we, we were just working to get it back to, uh, to that level. So everything was new. Everything was exciting. We, we were kind of, they were starting it from the ground up again and, and starting over at zero and, really trending in the right direction. So it was a, it was a new head coach. It was a new general manager and it was really exciting. And, and eventually um, they, they ended up offering me the position that I got the assistant general manager and director of scouting. So um, it, I reached a point where, where it was an offer I couldn't pass up for my own development. And it, you know, I just felt that it was going to allow me to, to take a step in my career that I may not have been able to take if I, if I stayed in London um, you know, and, and didn't kind of grow my network that way and, and grow my horizon. So, um, eventually I did, I did end up taking the job and, and I'm really, really glad I did it allowed me to, uh, to meet so many new people really get a, I, I thought I was, I had a decent understanding of, of the college hockey landscape and, and the path to get to it, but I, I really had no idea. Like it really opened my eyes to, you know, to where, players come from all over the world and the different routes to get, you know, to get to the highest level. And um, so that was a great experience. I was able to, uh, to travel a lot was what was really fun in the USHL. What I really enjoyed is as opposed to the OHL, like in the OHL, you, you could draft players from one specific geographical area, you know, so most players come from the same place and it's kind of a different mindset in the sense, you know, everyone's seeing the top players a lot you know, and it's just a matter of making the right decision and, and projecting these players as accurately as you can. But, you know, with in the USHL, there's just so much ground to cover so many players to see. And there's, you know, tremendous players coming out of, you know, New England prep school hockey and, and Minnesota high school hockey and um, Eastern Canada, Western Canada, um, all over the States. California is a booming market. Colorado has got great players every year. Like, um, so it was really great to kind of do that crossover work um, in terms of scouting and seeing players from all these different areas and, um, you know, just see, see where they come from, see different levels of hockey and see them ultimately all reach the same goal and all play for the same objective of, you know, hopefully having a career in the NHL one day. So that I would say that was my favorite part of working in the USHL and working with the, the Buccaneers, but um, that was a great experience. We, uh, we had some really good players come through, uh, come through that program um, who, and it's great to see those guys having success in 
in college hockey and, and beyond. So, um, no, that was, that was a really good experience. I, I'm happy I did it. Um, and, and the USHL is a great league too. Um, and, and I think I might've prior to taking that job, I, I think I was selling it short a little bit, um, you know, and just not quite understanding how good of a league it was. So, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of growing my network, in terms of, of just becoming more knowledgeable about hockey, um, it was, it was a invaluable experience. Yeah. And again, another opportunity for you to put yourself out there and learn a little bit more in the industry and, and a different approach. Uh, you know, London is a pretty solidified team and uh, a lot of their management there have, have been in those roles for a little while. So many people may realize that the opportunity to progress uh, to that position, even uh, in London is tough. So uh, good on you to, to take that jump and be willing to jump outside, maybe your original comfort zone and go into a new league and once again, run with it and, and take it for what it's worth. So uh, for you, you're able to develop a lot there and, uh, you know, learn about different routes and learn about hockey overall. And today you're with the OHA, a uh, little bit of a different position as a coach there, but just talk about how you uh, transitioned to the OHA and what you look forward to after, you know, having a little bit of time to experience uh, that program and, and the kids there. Yeah. So I, I've been wanting to get into coaching for, for some time. And, and that's, you know, working in scouting, working in recruiting, it, it's one of the, you know, as much as I loved it, it, it was always the one drawback that, you know, if, if I'm out there seeing players and evaluating players and recruiting players, um, if they do come in and, and we're able to draft them or, or get them signed or whatever the case is, all of a sudden I'm, I'm handing them off to our coaching staff and, you know, they, they haven't seen them as much. Oh, you know, they're trusting my opinion, but at the same time, they may have a different opinion. We may not all be on the same page. So I may see a player want to bring him in and have a specific game plan for, for his development, his role and, and what he would bring to the lineup. And if, if you're not, if you're not perfectly in sync with, um, you know, with the coaching staff, all of a sudden there's a, there's a little bit of discord there. So um, now, now it's a great opportunity where, where I, I get to have, I get to have a little more control there and be hands on and be involved with the players on a day-to-day basis and, and help them through their development and, you know, help them, help them reach their goals. So um, it's something I've been wanting to do for, for a long time. And um, I'm glad I'm able to do it here. So, um, obviously this year's a little bit different than others, but we still, um, you know, we've got, we've got some really, really talented players here with, uh, with bright futures and we're, we're making the most out of this time and focusing really on, uh, on development and, uh, helping the guys improve and, and take steps in their game. And, um, we're having some, uh, some good competition internally as well, um, to make sure the guys are still pushing one another and, um, you know, competing on on a day-to-day basis and a weekly basis. So what we've done, we've actually created our own, uh, our own internal league because we have enough players to do so or enough high level players to do so that um, we're able to do it in a competitive manner. And it, it obviously it limits the risk of, uh, of exposure to, to COVID. And if we're not having to, uh, to interact with, uh, with players and, and personnel from outside of our OHA bubble here. So um, it's great that for these kids, they get to, um, you know, they still get to compete against one another and, um, you know, still get to, uh, you know, it's great to practice and and do skill development and work on, on personal growth, but at the same time, you want to do it with a purpose, right? So we're able to, uh, to have our practices during the week and, 
they lead into uh, into a weekend of games uh, within the school. So it's, uh, you know, it's been really good and it's been really nice to see the guys competing. And it just makes us want life to go back to normal so that we can yeah. compete externally again. But um, it's been it's been really fun. And it's great for those players, too. They can combine, um, you know, the hockey and, and development with their education as well. So that's uh, that's been really good to see as well. Yeah, definitely another perspective to uh, to see the game with, with the school integration. But uh, as you mentioned there, the ability to create that internal competition in a situation with COVID where, you know, the games aren't really r- running at all like they usually are. So uh, to still have that same compete level and, and then allow them to carry that into their skill sessions and, and weekly development and things like that is, is crucial. And uh, on a topic of development, for you having held roles in management and and scouting and things like that, you said that you wanted to learn more about the coaching aspect and kind of get involved on that side. So, with all those previous roles and positions uh, in mind, uh, how do you think they've influenced you in terms of how you currently coach and maybe how you'll continue to coach down the road? Yeah, so I, I think. Um more than anything, having, uh, having had those different experiences and being around, you know, different high level coaches. Um, I, I try to take as much as I can from, from everyone I got to know. So, um, you know, I working with, you, you know, alongside or under Dale Hunter, um, obviously everything I could do to pick his brain, every opportunity I got, you know, I, I tried to make the most out of it. And I could see again with, with Dale, it was the, the work ethic. It was the, the attention to detail. And it, it was the, you know, the championship mindset, the championship culture. And, um, I try to take, take as much of that as I can with me and, you know, um, incorporate it into, uh, into what I do. I got to work with, uh, with Gene Riley when I first got to, uh, when I first got to Des Moines and, um, Gene's a a great character in the game of hockey and he's got, he's got a lot of experience and, you know, I, I got to, to work alongside him and, and pick his brain on, you know, on tactics and, and things like that. And one of the things I took from, from Gene was just the, the layering in terms of, of player development. You know, you don't, you don't add something until you've, you've mastered what you're doing. So you, you take it, you take development one step at a time and then you, everything needs to have a progression. Right. So that's, um, you know, that's something I took away there. Um, you know, our, our general manager in Des Moines, Tommy Menino was also, um, he was also a player development coach. Um, he works with, uh, with some really elite players in the summer and, um, he's always, uh, he's always someone I enjoy picking his brain and, you know, going over drills and kind of working on those little details. And he's another one I, you know, I can really look up to because he kind of blends the, the coaching approach with, uh, with the scouting and development approach. Um, you know, so he's able, he, he Tommy's really great at identifying, um, you know, shortcomings within a player and, providing a solution as well right whereas some people will do one or the other but um sometimes they they don't always do both so tommy's able to see you know an issue with a player's game and right away he's got he's got four or five drills to to address it so that's um you know i always love having conversations with him about that because he's uh he's really really good at what he does um you know and and then our our coach last season in uh in des moines was peter menino and Peter's uh, Peter's got great rapport with his players. Unlike uh, really unlike most coaches I've ever seen, you know, he's got, he's got a great relationship there and um, you know, he's able to to maintain a really good relationship with the players 
um, while still holding them accountable and while still pushing them to, you know, to be their best and, and to give everything they can and um, keeping them in line and making sure they're on, on the right path and, and, you know, being held responsible and accountable for, uh, for their role on the team. So, um, you know, I, I, I try to take a little bit of, of everyone I run into, but still, you know, come up with my own, you know, my own initiatives and my own visions. And I, you know, I have to trust that my knowledge of, of the game as well. And, um, you know, try, try and incorporate a little bit of, of everything. Um, and hopefully, hopefully at the end of the day, hopefully the bet, the players are the ones who benefit from it. Right. So if, uh, if I can help make those players better and if I can help them reach the levels that they want to reach, um, all of them, my job. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a really key thing to take into consideration in any coaching position, especially uh, one like the, the Academy there, but uh, we'll flip the question around a little bit. Just, you know, I know you hinted at it a little bit earlier in the conversation, but uh, in terms of maybe a future scouting role or management role, how much uh, influence do you think this coaching position will have on the way that, you do a task that, you know, beforehand, maybe you did it in a different way. Yeah. You know what? It's definitely going to influence that. The, the nice thing right now is, um, you know, getting this experience and hopefully it's, it's going to open some doors um, down the road. So do, do I have more of a future in scouting and in management and coaching? You know, honestly, I can't, I can't give you an answer there. Um, I really enjoy all of them. I really, really do. So I, I don't want to overcommit to one um, to one over the others, but um, you know, I, I think it, I really do think it helps me, um, you know, to have experience in, in, you know, and to gain an experience in all those things. Um, you know, I, I think a big part of coaching is player evaluation and knowing what you have in your own players. Um, so I think my scouting background does help me there. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's everything you can pick up along the way, you know, these things don't, these things don't happen in silos, right? Like if an organization is all on the same page, you know, you don't have, like I said, it's not, it's not being held separate. It's not operating, you know, separate from one another. So whatever I do, every experience that I'm able to get here, whether it's, it's coaching, whether it's scouting, um, you know, it's going to affect what I do next. So the, the things that, the things that I value as a scout, I need to, um, to instill them as a coach and, and vice versa. So. Yeah, really good way to, uh, you know, integrate everything. And I know it kind of overlaps with the previous question, but it really uh, just goes to show the takeaways that coaching have on scouting and vice versa. So uh, good points that you made there and something that people should consider if they're looking to get into one or the other and and maybe looking at uh, diving into a different area to learn a skill set to ultimately bring back to what they're passionate about. Uh, maybe going back over some of the questions a little bit here. Uh, you know, you've worked in OHL and USHL and, and seen the level of play of both. Uh, just talk about the difference and similarities in the leagues and your overall thoughts of uh, junior hockey in, in both those divisions. They're, they're both tremendous leagues, um, you know, and they both produce a high number of, you know, NHL players and NHL draft picks. And um, they both help players kind of reach their goals and, and move on to, uh, to the next level and uh, it opens doors to you know, one, get, get tremendous exposure, but to um, develop as a player and, and hopefully reach, uh, reach the professional level. So um, I would say in my experience, um, like, I, I really do think there's, there's more skill in the OHL and there's more, um, I'll, I'll say the top tier elite talent, but um, 
you know, I, I thought the USHL was, if anything, it, it was probably faster. Um, it was more physical um, and it was a great league as well. And, you know, what I really like with the USHL as opposed to the OHL um, in terms, maybe not so much in terms of the game itself, but it kind of gives players the ability to follow their own timeline. Whereas if, if you're going, if you're going the OHL path and it's, it's a great league and it, you know, if, if you're, if you're like a top tier player, I think it's, it's a really, really good option for you, uh, regardless of where you come from. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're going to the USHL, it kind of allows you to create your own timeline and, and get to that league, you know, at a point where you're able to, uh, to make the most out of that opportunity. You know, it, it really wasn't uncommon in that league for us to have 18 year old, 19 year old rookies on the team. Um, whereas in the OHL, you, you don't see that as much, you know, you, you bring the players in at, you know, 16, maybe 17, and um, you kind of let them develop within, within your program. Whereas, um, you know, especially, especially in the United States where, you know, prep school hockey and high school hockey, Minnesota high school hockey are, are more prevalent. Um, than high school hockey is in Canada. Um, you know, you have players that that don't come to juniors until they've graduated high school, and they're trying to trying to bridge the gap between between high school hockey and, and college hockey. So, for a player, you you really get to develop at your own pace, and, and you don't move up the uh, you don't move up the levels before before you're ready to do so, and you're ready to play at at that high of a level. So. Um, you know, if, if you're a player, we always talk about the, you know, I don't want to say late bloomers, but if you want to talk about a player that's, that's going to take a step, maybe, maybe later on than, uh, than, than the top tier players, um, you know, the, the USHL really gives you a great option to, to take your time getting to that league. And, um, once you're there, you're able to, uh, you're a little more mature, both physically and, um, personally, um, and you're, you're able to make the most out of that opportunity. And, you know, kind of translated into a, a division one scholarship. Yeah. I, I think both levels definitely have their, uh, the key strengths and it really just comes down to who you are as a player and what your goals are. And then, uh, what a realistic timeline development and, and maybe for some players that's USHL and, and for others, uh, OHL is the perfect option. It just comes down to, uh, what your goals are and then, uh, sometimes the right fit and things like that. But, uh, definitely not a question to pin one against the other, but where you've had experience in both, I wanted to get your thoughts and and just see what you've seen from scouting and being behind the scenes at both levels. At the end of the day, too, you know, if for players, you know, obviously there's a lot of players who, who have a tough decision to make when when choosing one or the other. But at the end of the day, there's not one that's that's so far ahead of the other that that there's no magic recipe. To, to getting to the pro level as a player, you know, they'll both provide you all the infrastructure you need to, to get to your goals, but the onus is on you as a player to, to put in the work and um, whichever situation you find yourself in, you gotta, you gotta make the most out of it. You gotta, you gotta do the work and, and make sure you get, you know, the onus is on you to, to be accountable for your own development and your own training. And um, you know, you'll have great coaches at, at both levels and you'll get the, you know, you'll get really good exposure at both levels, but the onus is on you as a player to, to get there and develop. Yeah. A great point. And uh, I liked how you, you brought it back to the point of it's on you to get out there and, and develop in that way. And ISS, as you mentioned early on was, was key in that way. 
Uh, once again, looking at that opportunity with ISS and your role there, uh, do you feel it was crucial for your development and everything you've done moving forward? And uh, what are your thoughts in terms of suggesting to other people to look at things like ISS, Hockey Prospect, the Scout.ca, et cetera, uh, in their own pursuit of maybe scouting and management? Crucial. That's, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it was crucial um, just because like we talked about, just, you just need to get to the ranks, you know, you, as long as you're, as long as you're at the rank, you know, and you're putting that time in and people are seeing the commitment you have to, to what you do, um, you know, it, then, then I think you, you've got a good chance to, to move on and get to where you want to be. Now, um, what was great about ISS is it, it really gave me, it really gave me a, a structure to get to where I want to be. It gave me an opportunity to, um, a more organized way to, uh, to jump into, uh, to the scouting community. And it was, uh, like, it, it was great for me with no, with no real track record, um, as a scout either, you know, it was a great, great opportunity to, to jump through the door, get my foot through the door there. And, um, you know, kind of like we, like we talked about getting those ranks and, um, put the work in have my reports, have my reports reviewed, get feedback, have discussion, um, learn from, you know, ISS has a great list of um, former members who come back and they do they do conference calls with um, with the staff. And, you know, so it was a great opportunity to learn from from people like that. Um, so would, would I say it was crucial? No, because because I could have gotten in my car and gone to the rink with or without them. But it was definitely it was definitely highly beneficial. I would say that. Um you know, it's, it's, like I said, it was a great starting point for me. And I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for ISS. So yeah, would, would I recommend it to people? Absolutely. Um, you know, they, they just, they need to be aware that, that no one's going to take them by the hand, whether it's ISS or another, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned hockey prospect and the scout.ca and um, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but um, you know, no one's going to take you by the hand and um, you know, get you to where you need to be it's your responsibility to to make the most out of that opportunity but they definitely they definitely provide you with with a springboard to rank to reach your goals yeah i think uh you know just to reiterate that point uh you know you, you can go in any situation really and without uh putting in the effort it's not going to come as we've talked about multiple times in this conversation and really teams are the same way you have to go in there and put in the work and and learn the different aspects of the job and, and learning really is a key point uh, in that statement. But for you uh, in terms of getting new ideas and referencing things outside of the initial team setting, uh, whether it be books, articles, podcasts, Twitter, et cetera, what are some of your favorite things to look for and reference uh, for new ideas? I'm a big podcast guy. Um, you know, I, I, like I was on the road so much over the past couple of years um, last, last year alone, I drove, I drove about 75,000 kilometers, um, last season. So, um, I, I try to not waste any of that time. Right. So when I'm in the car, I'm either, you know, whether I'm making phone calls on, on a hands-free device, of course, or, um, if, you know, if I'm not doing that, then, then I'm throwing on, you know, some, some instructional podcasts, some, some educational podcasts that I can, that I can try and learn while, uh, you know, just while I'm on the road and um, podcasts like, uh, like the hockey think tank, for example, is, uh, is a really good one. The glass and out podcast. Um, and basically you try to try to dip your toe in different, 
you know, different topics as well. And it doesn't need to be, doesn't need to be limited to hockey either, but um, basically, you know, I tried to make the most out of that time and tried to learn um, any, any time I got the chance. So um, I'd say that's, uh, that, that's something big for me. Try to, you know, obviously I try to read some books and, and keep up with articles as well. And, um, you know, Twitter, Twitter obviously has its downsides, but if, uh, if you know where to look, there's, there's a lot of great free information out there, whether it's on, you know, analytics, whether it's on, uh, you know, hockey structures, whether it's video work, um, there's a lot of great people putting their work out there for free. So, um, you know, you, you just have to, again, it comes down to the commitment on improving and, and getting better every day. And, um, just, just making sure when you have some downtime, trying to make the most out of it and trying to do something that's going to help you, um, improve at what you do. Yeah. I, th- I think that the, uh, the downtime in driving and things like that as a scout, and that's something that we have heard a lot about on the podcast. We guessed thus far, but never really looked at it that way as an opportunity to learn and podcasts like the hockey think tank and is one that I definitely listen to and staff and graph podcasts and, there's so many different ones out there in other sports as well. Uh, you really do have to utilize that time. And uh, it's, it, it's amazing when you look back at how many things you really did learn, even when you were just listening to someone talk as you were driving along uh, through Toronto and that, that traffic. So uh, some definitely some things to consider there and uh, a good way to look at continual learning. Um, another place you learn is through the conversations. And, and for you personally, that's been a, a huge factor in your career thus far. Uh, just maybe once again, mention those mentors who have taught you some major lessons and uh, specifically talk about some of the, the overall, uh, you know, things that you learned uh, through those interactions. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I've had, you know, I, I've been pretty fortunate to learn from some really great people. Um, I mentioned Tommy Menino earlier. He was my general manager in, in Des Moines and um, I don't think anybody's done more for me than, than Tommy. And he really, uh, you know, he, he was great to me during my time there. And, um, you know, he, he's got a great mind for the game. Like he sees it like, like very few others. And um, I've always really, really enjoyed kind of sitting down with him and going through video and, and kind of breaking down the game. And, you know, it, it's at a, a point where we're hitting pause just, you know, every three or four seconds in the play, because there's always something happening. So, um, just kind of breaking down the detail with them is, uh, you know, it's something I've always really enjoyed. And, and I got to learn a lot from uh, from Tommy. Um, Rob Simpson with the London Knights gave me my first real opportunity. So everything um, everything I have in hockey, I, I really do owe to him. So, um, you know, he was great as well. Um, you know, one, one of the highlights of my time there was was he, he let me sit in his office, um, you know, on, on a daily basis. And just would provide me with feedback on whatever it is I was working on. And, um, you know, I, I'd get to, I got a pretty good feel for, you know, what his job entailed on a day-to-day basis and, and really got to, uh, to see what it takes to, to have success at that level. So, um, you know, he was, he was really a great example for me to learn from. And, um, he was always great about, you know, um, making time for me and, and, and making sure, you know, making sure the work I was putting in, I, I was doing it properly. And, um, you know, I was, I was getting something out of it as well. It wasn't just, um, you know, it wasn't just done for the organization, but I was also, I was also developing in, uh, in my role as well. So um, he was great. I got to say Ken Hornick too, from the London Knights, he was the head scout there. 
Um, you know, I, I, when I first got there, it was my first, uh, it was my first real opportunity with, uh, with the team. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know that there were things I didn't know about, you know, how, how everything would function in, in, you know, a team dynamic and Ken was just, he, he was really great about taking me under his wing at first. And, um, you know, always, always had time for me, always, you know, answered every email within minutes and, um, you know, every text message and, um, always happy to give me feedback, always valued my opinion, which is something I, I thought would, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting right off the bat. I was expecting, you know, just to, to be a little more of a fly on the wall at first and kind of be a little more in my corner until, until I'd spent more time there, but right off the hop, you know, he was great about asking for my input, asking for my opinion on, on certain players. And, um, you know, he, he was great to learn from as well. He's been, uh, he's been really successful in hockey as well. And he's got, he's got a wealth of knowledge and he's a great networker as well. And he's, he does a great job of, you know, meeting people and finding information. And, um, you know, that, that was really valuable for me to, to learn from him as well. So, um, really enjoyed getting that opportunity there. Yeah. That's a, a number of great people that you mentioned. And, uh, when you look back on your career uh, to date, I'm sure there's many more that you could have named that, uh, you know, maybe after the podcast, you'll be kicking yourself. I know I was, uh, on my interview. So, uh, it's just one of those things that once again, shows the community of hockey and how many people are willing to put in the time to let others succeed and, and grow in the game, which, which you have over time. Uh, maybe giving back, if you could look at yourself, uh, maybe when you're in your old career or someone who is maybe looking to make that jump into hockey, what's one piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they would, uh, you know, be in a similar position that you are today? Um, obviously do the work, um, invest in yourself. You're, you're not going to get rewarded for your work instantly and that's okay. Um, you know, everything you do, everything you do adds up and, and there is a payoff down the road. Um, I think I, looking back at myself where I was, um, you know, when I first started to now, uh, just the importance of, uh, of networking and, and not being, I, I wouldn't say I was, you know, I, it obviously, it wasn't me being shy to go meet people, but at the same time, I, I, you know, you've got to be tactical with it. You don't want to interrupt people while they're trying to do their job, or you don't want to go strike up conversations with people at the, at the wrong moment and in front of the wrong people, but um, just kind of not being shy to put yourself out there a little bit more. And, um, you know, while obviously while, um, while being tactful and, um, you know, not, not overstepping, but, um, definitely, you know, if you've got an, if you've got an opinion, you gotta be ready to, to back it up and, and, you know, to have concrete, I don't want to say proof, but, but, you know, you, you have to be able to, uh, to substantiate your claims. And if, you know, especially in scouting, it's really, you have to, you have to be opinionated and you can't be, you can't be afraid to, to put your opinion out there and, um, and to stand by it. And when I say stand by it, you know, that your opinion can change. Um, that happens often. You can't be, you can't be necessarily stubborn and, you know, refuse to change it, but you need to, uh, you really need to make sure you're convinced when you're going to put your opinion out there. Um, but, but when you are convinced, it's important, you know, don't, don't be shy to let people know and don't be shy to, to get, you know, to, to get your input out there. Yeah, I, I think that is, is so important and many people will look to avoid that in some situations, but I think people, even when they don't agree with your opinion, they're, they respect the fact that you're willing to stand up for what you believe in and put your work to get to that point where 
you're, you're confident in your own abilities. So some great information and great uh, advice to give to anyone looking to move up in the ranks. And uh, with that, Nick, I just want to thank you once again for joining me on the podcast and going through your career and, and talking about all your different experiences and hopefully things continue to go well for you. And I wish you all the best moving forward. I really appreciate it. That was fun. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Take care. I'd like to thank Nick for coming on the podcast and talking about his career in depth. With the experience of making a career change and utilizing school and programs like ISS, his story was relatable for many, which I think motivated many listeners throughout. If you would like to get in touch with Nick to discuss his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Jeff Ulmer former NHL skills coach. With a playing career and experience at the NHL in a unique hybrid role, Jeff focuses in on working with elite players, so you will not want to miss our conversation on Wednesday. Once again, thank you to everyone for listening, and be sure to let us know what you think of the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. As always, stay safe, and all the best.